Welcome to the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs show, a safe place for women to heal and grow, where we discover our value, share our tears as we go through the hard times and rise up as we become empowered to meet our challenges head on. I am Sandy Johnston, the host of this podcast, and I'm a transformation coach, consultant, and energetic healer, helping women to heal, recover, rebuild, and become abundant in their lives. Before we dive into today's episode, I just want to mention a couple of features which are included in this podcast to help you get the best possible value out of it. Firstly, you can find links to help you connect with me and my guests in the episode notes. It's as easy as clicking on the link to help you get connected. And the other thing is that I record the top takeaways from each show to help you focus on some of the most helpful tips and information, which will help you hopefully with your challenges and help you on your healing journey too. You can find these tips at the end of the episode and in the episode notes. Okay, let's get into the show. Just a caution, if you feel unsafe at any time, please stop listening. You can come back anytime you are in a safe place to listen to the rest of the podcast. Your safety is the most important thing to consider. On today's show, I have a survivor who is on a similar path to my own, Kim Lingling, who is using her words and her voice to give other survivors hope for a life on the other side of abuse. As Someone who lives with PTSD, she found that writing and sharing her story helps to lift some of the weight of memories, but also gives an opportunity for others who hear her story to be able to resonate with it. Her hope is that a spark of light that she shines using her voice and her words can provide that hope that is needed to realise for others going through similar challenges so that they are not alone and at the heart of it for others to realize they are worthy and beautiful and strong. Residing in Pennsylvania, USA, Kim Lingling is the mother to a grown daughter and her rescue dog, Dexter. She is a published co-author of three collaborative books and the sole author of a book to be released this year entitled Imperfect Masterpiece. Additionally, she is lead author and coordinator of a collaborative three book series titled When Grace Found Me, with volume one recently released in December of 2020 and volume two to be released in late spring. With empathy and emotion, she has been writing since 2004, showcasing her faith, nature, love of rescue animals and living with PTSD. She is the host of the newly launched podcast, Let Fear Bounce, inviting guests to share their stories of letting go of or working through fears and shedding light and hope to her listeners. Without further ado, let me now introduce my special guest for this week, Kim Lingling. Hello, Kim. Hello. Gosh, that was quite an introduction. Thank you very much. I'm excited. I'm excited to be able to meet with you today and chat. 
Yeah, I'm so glad that I've got you on the podcast today because you are just um, a, an extraordinary person who has just such a, an optimistic outlook and um, is somebody who just shows such determination and, um, and faith. So I would love for you to just take some time to just share with the listeners just a little bit more about yourself and your life and just, you know, let's just chat about who you are and, um, and you know, what's happened to bring you to this point in your life. Okay, I will. Uh, well, I'll just I'll just start. I'll give a summary. Um, I am. I was in the military. I went into the military right out of high school. Um, college wasn't really an option for me at that time. My mom was a single mom raising four kids, and I was the one who just said, "Well, college I don't even think is for me." It wasn't something that I probably would have chose anyway. So I thought, ah, I'll just go in the military, <laughs> which is. Now, not usually how people choose it, but that's how I did. I just said, ah, I think I'll do it. <laughs> so went into the military, um, ended up being in uh, military intelligence, which uh, with a top secret security clearance, I, I really enjoyed it. I liked the discipline of it and, and how, how the days went and everything I was learning. And I, I truly was enjoying it. Um, but then, you know, sometimes life takes a turn. And, uh, one evening I was, um, one evening, <laughs> goodness, I was, I was grabbed and put in a car and, and taken away, um, overnight and, uh, was able to get away the next morning. And I won't go into details of, you know, what those hours entailed, but I, I often look back and think, Wow, how that time frame, five, six hours time frame, has shaped my entire life. Those just five, six hours has shaped my entire life for the last 30 years. Um, I, I remember certain specific things, and I'm sure there's a lot of people who have went through trauma that you may not remember the entire story because your brain is, it's, at least for me, it was pretty, pretty easy and quick to, to build a wall and to block and lock everything away. Um, but over the years, little bits and pieces would sneak out because your wall will crack. Your wall will crumble. There is no doubt about it. Uh, no matter how strong you think you've got it, it, it will crack. And the thing is, it has to. It has to. So you can release and let go. Um, took me 12 to 13 years. That's a long time to carry all of that. And it's a lot of energy to keep it locked away. And uh, looking back, I probably wouldn't change anything because that's just how it happened for me. That's, that's my journey. And after I, I kind of had a breakdown, a bit of a breakdown. That's how my wall came crumbling. Um, other things in my life were were falling apart. I was going through a divorce. Uh, a dear friend of mine had committed suicide. My grandmother had passed away. And this was all within like three to four months. And it was just boom, boom, boom. And uh, that was a lot. That was a lot to take in and try and, you know, deal with. 
And I just, one day I found myself on my knees on my living room floor, literally on my knees, crying, sobbing, crying out to a God that at that time I told myself I didn't believe in. And looking back, I kind of chuckle because how can you cry out to a God that you don't believe in? <laughs> you know? So you obviously believe in him a little bit. So I was, I was, uh, you know, in a, in a, in a, in quite a, quite a pickle right there. Um, and I'd never found myself in that spot because, you know, I'm a strong woman. I'm not going to break, you know, that's what you tell yourself. Um, but sometimes you have to break in order to bloom into who you're actually supposed to be, you know, and I look back and as awful as that breaking point for me was, it was also a pivotal turning point in my life. Um, as I was on my knees, and I, I'm a Christian, and I, am, I, I have a very strong faith and a very strong belief, and now I do. At that moment, I didn't. But as I was on my knees, I had literally a whisper come through from behind, just came through. But those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles. And I thought, where'd that come from? And what does that mean? I'd I had not went to church. I wasn't raised in church. I did not read the Bible, but I knew I had a Bible in the house somewhere. So I became somewhat frantic and was searching for this Bible. And I found it finally. And I went back into the living room and I'm opening it up and I'm going, those verses, those words, it sounds like something from the Bible. Um, but I didn't know for sure. And I'm trying, I'm flipping through and I'm like, I don't even know how to find anything in this Bible. And I got frustrated and just tossed it on the floor and just sitting there on my knees with my head hanging down. And I'm like, I don't, I don't know what these words mean. I don't know where that came from. And I was just frustrated and still crying. And then I just reached out and pulled the Bible back to me and it had opened up, you know, when I just tossed it in my anger and frustration and I pulled it back towards me and picked it up and looked down. And the very first thing, it was like they popped out at me off of the page. But those who hope in the Lord will soar on wings like eagles from Isaiah. Um, and then I started sobbing all over again. But it wasn't a hurting sob. It was a sob of, oh, my goodness, you actually are here. And uh, that shifted my belief. Now, did I turn into this like amazing Christian right then? Nope. <laughs> no, I did not. I did start going to church. Went to church with a chip on my shoulder. Went in angry, left angry. And I did that week after week, carrying that chip on my shoulder. But I still kept going. Every Sunday I would make myself go. And then just one Sunday, it was just something the preacher was saying and everything around me went quiet. It was as if everything disappeared and I got goosebumps all over my body. I had tears streaming down my face and I was surrounded. It felt like this gentle like blanket <laughs> um, surrounded me and I was overcome, overcome with peace. 
overcome. And it was since that day that I, I changed my mindset and how I chose to look at things. I don't believe that I ever looked or thought to myself, woe is me, or I never thought of myself as, or even called myself a victim. Because to me, and this is just my opinion for myself, that word is too negative. I may have been a victim for four or five hours, but that doesn't make me a victim for the rest of my life. And so I've never looked at myself as a victim. I've looked at myself as I'm, I am strong and I was strong then too. Um, but now I think with my faith for me, I'm even stronger. And, you know, I, I have a daughter uh, who is now, she just turned 31, which makes me feel really old. <laughs> but I raised her to be very aware of her surroundings I raised her um, learning self-defense and uh, here in America, we are, we're allowed to have guns. Um, I raised her to be able to handle and be knowledgeable with a handgun. And she never knew my story until she was in her early twenties. She just saw mom as this really strong, and I'm just gonna say how she calls me this really, my mom's badass is what she. <laughs> He's like, you don't, you know, you don't want to be afraid of my dad. You need to be afraid of my mom. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I, I, you know, I, I raised her to be strong and independent and to always be able to talk to me. If something were to ever happen, she could come to me um, because you don't wish anything like that on anyone ever. And I may have been a little over overprotective at times when I look back. <laughs> But uh, now that she's, you know, early 30s, she's actually thanked me a couple of times yeah. for being so uh, insistent on her being independent and um, being able to, to handle herself to the best of her ability yeah. if a situation should arise. And uh, you don't want to have to do that, but you have to be real with your kids and... Um, it's not, you know, it's not something you choose, but I, I chose to be real. And so I was, and I think that she's, you know, she's thankful for it. She's told me she's thankful for it. And I think, so I did something right. But, you know, the journey has been bumpy. Can't lie about that. You know, I, I do have, I live with PTSD because of this journey. Um, but I also think that I, uh, I don't think I'd change that either. Because the people that I've met on my journey through this, this whole course of it, you know, going through counseling, uh, meeting other veterans, and now I'm a huge advocate for veterans and have been for 24 years. And I've been able to help other veterans through their bumpy spots. So looking back, you see, you know, it's more, it's like a stepping stone, stepping stones, this path. Would I have personally chosen it? No. But that's what was chosen for me. So I've traveled it. Your head and your hands sobbing. 
thinking and you, you, you are so convinced that you're absolutely alone and no one will ever understand you. No one's going to get it. No one's going to get it, you know, get what's going on in your brain. You get that, you get that dark swirl you, know, you have nightmares, you're, you have anxiety triggers that you're not even aware of what the word trigger means, but you've got stuff pinging at you from all different directions and you're trying to buy pepper in Walmart and all of a sudden you have an anxiety attack. I mean, <laughs> that happened to me. I'm trying to buy pepper yeah. and I had a total panic attack. Um, that's when I realized, oh, I've got to, I think I have to do something. <laughs> yeah. you know? I think I've got to do something to uh, address this situation. But uh, right, you know, now th over 30 years later, sometimes it still gets to me, but I know how to handle it better. I can recognize those triggers. And I, a lot of times I see the D-man's trying to derail my day. And the D-man is what I, who I, you know, that's what I call Satan. Call him the D-man. Say, so, you know, the D-man's trying to derail my day. And I just, now I say things out loud and then I claim it. I'm like, nope, not today. Yeah. Not today, D-man. And I found that for me anyway, when I say stuff out loud like that and I claim it, it does. It's a mental switch for you, yeah. you know? So I choose, and I chose years ago, I will not call myself a victim ever. No, I, I am strong. Boom, I claim it. Yeah. You know, I, I plan on helping other people, uh, even if even if I don't know them. It's through my written word or through speaking like this and people just listen. Boom, I'm claiming that. I want to toss that light. I want to toss those nuggets of goodness out there because life does not have to be dark. It's not meant to be dark. You're not meant to live in the dark. You are strong. So anybody who might be listening and you might be in a spot where you're just, you know, you know, depression, anxiety, that swirl, you are strong. And there is strength and beauty within the storm. Believe that. Believe that with your whole being. There is strength and beauty within the storm. Just when you, you said that about the storm, there's a, a saying that don't try and calm the storm, try and calm yourself until the storm passes. That's beautiful. I love that. Yeah, and that's really what you said about us having a choice. It's understanding that we have a choice because when we're in those dark sorrowful places it's really hard or it's very easy to lose sight of the fact that we have a choice Absolutely. and when we're in um in a situation where somebody else is exerting control over us Again, it's very easy to lose sight that we have any choices. Um, you know, once that storm passes, we still think that we have no choice in what happens. And I just, I really loved and appreciated hearing all of those things that you've said about the way in which you claim your choice for that you're like no no I don't want that for me and for my life no I want something else and you actually verbalize what that thing is that you want in your life and it's interesting I don't know whether you can relate to this or not but I remember 
when I was in the thick of it with uh, the abusive relationship that I was in and I didn't feel as though I felt trapped by that situation and I was you know very much a victim of circumstance and I think that it's easy to continue to be a victim of circumstance because that circumstance has dictated you know your your situation and then you know that can carry through to the rest of your life if you allow it or if you don't have that awareness that it is possible to change that you know that you think this is as good as it gets this is my normal and um and you you're not even really aware because you're not really aware of how to create something better for right. yourself you kind of just accept that this is your lot in life and it stops the path to healing from happening. So there's just, there's so much power. And I, you know, really appreciated that you shared, you know, your faith journey along the way too. And I know that that has also been a part of my journey and that there were times where I just, you know, cried out to, to God. I've experienced many miracles in my life Um one of which I'll share with you when I was pregnant with my first child um, I had a miscarriage about seven weeks into the pregnancy and I um, had a procedure done to you know clean me out when I had that miscarriage and I was just beside myself I was just weeping and crying and crying out to God and saying please God please God all I want is my baby please give me my baby please give me my baby back and within a week I got a call back from my obstetrician to um, come and back for a check and he said look there's something not right with these results I just want you to go off and have an ultrasound and I did and I had a healthy eight-week gestation in my uterus and the you know I was like oh thank you God thank you thank you thank you and what had happened is the obstetrician who performed the procedure to clean me out had used an old-fashioned technique where he'd done a scraping technique these days they do something else with a like a bit of a suction sort of technique mm -hmm. and he had just missed my baby and there was a tiny nick in the um in the amniotic sac so mm -hmm. for the rest of the pregnancy I was just on tenterhooks thinking I might lose my baby I might lose my baby but I didn't lose my baby and the explanation was that I was carrying a twin pregnancy mm -hmm. and that um I think it's like 75% of twin pregnancies don't reach full term. It's like a, just a very small percentage of twin pregnancies that actually make it to full term. And a lot of times when there is a twin pregnancy, um, that twin is, you know, is lost very early on that you don't even realise that you've had a twin pregnancy. And that was the case with me. But um, 
I thought at that time, because it was so early on in the pregnancy, I thought that I'd lost my my only child and that was it. But, you know, that that's just an example of a, a miracle in my life where, you know, I have been down on my knees sobbing and, you know, and asking God to give me that thing that I my heart's desire, which is that was... All I wanted was just for, you know, me to be able to have my baby. I just mm. felt that horrible loss and um, and I, I just wanted my baby so badly. And, and I was gifted, you know, gifted with that pregnancy, you know, still continuing on and having a daughter who's now, she's 26 now and, um, you know, she's, she's a lawyer and she's amazing. And <laughs> I'm just, you know, I'm so, so blessed. I feel so, so blessed. And I know that there's been times in my life where I've, you know, certainly my faith journey has been, um, it's had its ups and downs, you know, and, and it's been an interesting journey because I, you know, I've had those times, like, as you said, where you have a, a chip on your shoulder and you, you take that and you're angry, you know, you're angry with life. You're angry with God. You're just, you know, you, you're just looking at the injustice of everything. And you think how, you know, like, ugh so frustrated so frustrated by life and what's going on and not having the answers and wanting the answers but I just you know that at the end of the day what we're seeking is we're seeking peace and we're seeking you know we're seeking that inner peace and we're seeking happiness and joy in our lives and often we need to get out of our own way because we're blocking that and you described that when you were talking about going to church and going in there angry and leaving angry and you, then you go on with your week and you're angry and then you, you get back to church and you're angry. <laughs> we can stay in this vicious cycle and we really need to get out of our own way. And you can, it's when you've got that peace in your life, it's really, you know, like you, I've got all the compassion in the world for people who are walking in that anger all through their day and through their life, you know, because I've been there and I understand that place and I understand how justified I felt in being in that angry, you know, place and holding that anger and I thought I'm completely justified with this what I didn't realize is that I was hurting myself by holding on to it for such a long time and you know so I have so much compassion you know and empathy for people who are walking through their life with this anger and frustration that they can't let go of but it's you know like I think um, for me it's been a, just a a series of of steps and most of my steps I've stumbled you know I have not you know I can't say I've just gone walk through life confidently all the time you know I, I'd be lying if I said that you know a lot of the times I have stumbled but I'm being very similar to you Kim in that I've always seen myself as being a very strong person so but 
I think I'm growing and evolving all the time and understanding more and more that I don't have to fall and stumble as much as what I have been. And, that, you know, that's what I've also told myself, that that's just the way life is, that life is just a series of hard knocks, you know, and it, it really doesn't have to be. And the more we choose, the more we're conscious of claiming the things that we really desire in our lives, the more will we be experiencing those on a deep and profound level in our lives. And it's just been, it's taken me years. <laughs> it's taken I, me years. I was just going to say, you know, it's, it is definitely a journey. And when I say journey, I mean years. You know, it's, it's literally just been, so I'm 53. I freely admit that. It wasn't until probably my mid 40s literally my mid forties that I came to the conclusion, my frustration and my anger at past things, that was all on me at that, you know, for holding on to it that long and for giving it power. When I realized that I was actually giving all those negative memories and trauma power all these years later, I was still angry, but I was angry at myself. (laughs) I'm going, Kim, oh my goodness, you've been doing this to yourself by holding on to it and letting it have power, letting it have power. The people that have hurt you in the past, they probably never even think about you. You're probably never a thought over all these years, decades. And once I realized that, I'm not even sure how I came to that, but it was literally like one day, it just popped in my head. I'm going, I'm doing that to myself now. I I'm giving that power. Why am I doing that? And when I realized that my first thought was, wow, you're a slow learner, Kim. (laughs) We're pretty tough on ourselves, aren't we? (laughs) But once I realized that I was able to start making those little shifts in my mindset, you know, and then I can look at other people and recognize their hurt and empathize. I mean, I am ridiculously empathetic now. I think I have been my whole life, but now I am very, very empathetic for people. Or I recognize something in someone and they don't even have to tell me. You can just see a lot of times you can see hurt and aloneness Mm. in someone's eyes. Yeah. You know, we're all very good at putting masks on every day, you know, slap that smile on, go to work, go to church, do coffee, whatever it is that you're doing. We as women, and I'm just going to say that we as women are very, very good at letting the world see what we want them to see. Yeah, absolutely. And I think there's power in taking that mask off. Yeah. I think there's power in it. Is it hard? By golly, yes, it is. Um, But there are times, you know, someone says, hey, how you doing, Kim? And, you know, they expect you to say, I'm doing good. Thanks. How are you? Well, there are times if I know the person well enough, they'll say, hey, Kim, how you doing? And I'll say, I'm doing really, really crappy today. Really crappy. And being just bluntly honest like that sometimes makes the other person, well, they might be uncomfortable for a second, but I only do that with people I really know. Um, But then they'll be like, 
wow, can, all right, let's sit down and talk. Yeah. Because unless you admit it, sometimes you need to share that with someone else. You need to take that weight off your own shoulders. Are you a strong person? Are the people out there listening to this strong? You better believe it. You're flipping warriors. That's the way I see it. You are a warrior. You've come through a storm or you're in the middle of a storm. Remember, there's strength and beauty in the midst of a storm. Claim it. Claim that warrior status. That's how I look at it. I get this yeah. vision of having armor on. Yeah. You get up every day and you put that armor on. And We've the got to remember that, don't we? That's a huge, huge thing to remember. And can I, I didn't mean to interrupt you there, but when you say put your armor on, you know, to me, that's talking about being able to say, know when to say yes, and also knowing when to say no, know what your limit is, know where your boundaries need to be. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Um, and I, I, I'm very, I, I'm very visual. I, I'm a writer, so I love words and I love how words sound or feel when you say them or how they look when you write them. And I always get a mental picture when I'm writing a story, I'll have a mental picture. And then I write the story about the mental picture that I have and strapping on, putting on that armor every day. I, I picture that putting it on. And it's like, you know, the old from back in medieval days, that's the type of visual I have. And then I had mentioned earlier, the D man, you know, shooting his little poison darts. I envision those darts making that little ting noise pinging right off me. Yeah. And it's like, not today, not today. I got my armor on, you know, it's going to ping off. Um, is that easy to do all the time? No, no, it's not. But as long as you can recognize it and see it, see those triggers in that, those negative thoughts coming. Like you had said, we are the hardest on our own selves. Yeah. And that's, that's one thing I, I, I am, I am very hard on myself. And I know many, many, many that have went through trauma, such as you have, and I have um, that whole thing of uh, feeling like or looking at yourself as a weak person, uh, you're unclean, not worthy, not worth someone's time, not worth someone's effort, not worth someone's love, all of those things. All of those things go through our minds. I know they do. They went through mine. I can't be the only one that that's, yeah. those thoughts have filtered through. Yeah. And when those thoughts come in, that is so... It is so hard to shove those aside because sometimes they will just wrap around your whole day. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I don't know about you, but I have spent quite a, quite a bit of time <laughs> crying in the shower, <laughs> you know, uh, especially when my daughter was growing up because, you know, you cry in the shower, no one's yeah. going to hear. Um, and if that's what you need to do, then do it. Yeah. For me, for me, where I've I've begun to find contentment and peace, um, I have to be outside. I have to get outside. Yes. Connect yeah. with nature, absolutely, absolutely. And I think st just stepping outside of your four walls is 
a big part of that too because we tend to hold um, all of our issues and challenges within our four walls but when which is you know it's just an extension of ourselves isn't it that place the space in which we live is just this extension of us and the second that we walk out the front door and I know I've been you know with my PTSD when it's been at its most severe and I'll just you know branch off for one second and just talk about real and perceived fear and you know not being able to discern between the two things and um there was a, a time when i was in this hyper vigilant state and it was for a very long time where i was constantly looking over my shoulder because i didn't know whether my ex was you know, going to track me down. I didn't know whether he'd still be, you know, stalking me. I didn't know when he was going to turn up. So for that period, which was quite an extended period, that kept me locked behind closed doors, more or less. Like I would, I've got a rescue dog too. And um, so I lived in an apartment and for a time and I needed to get him out, obviously, to walk and to do his business. But do you know, I would rush out, get him to do what he had to do and rush back in because I was so consumed by the fear at that time in my life. And it, and that fear that level of fear when you feel as though um, your safety is at risk like you feel like you're a sitting duck that fear stayed with me for a long time and so that kept me behind closed doors for a long time even when it started to become evident that it was okay for me to start venturing out again and that was something I really had to claim for myself is that I needed to do this and I needed to push past the fear. And it was not easy, but it's something that I needed to do. And I just gave myself time to stay with that fear and go through the motions anyway. And it's done me the world of good. And I know every time I get out and I love walking, I love, absolutely love, love, love walking. I love being in nature. And I know how instrumental that has been in my own healing. And it's very, very necessary. You look at Indigenous people, they're connected to the earth. We are not connected to the earth and to nature nearly enough because we've got this comfortable you know, these comfortable four walls that we live in, which we see as being our refuge, but they disconnect us from nature. And nature is what helps us, like helps our nervous system so much. So it's really, really important for people who suffer from anxiety and suffer from PTSD to reconnect with nature and with the earth. And it'll just do wonders for your nervous system. Yeah, I can't, I, I can't get through a day unless I'm out there Yeah, for at least a half an hour. And thank goodness for my rescue dog, because we go out for a half an hour in the morning and a half hour in the evening, no matter the weather, yeah. all year round, whether it's raining, sleet, snow, whatever, we're out there. Um, and that 
when the weather is nice, when it's, you know, spring and summer here and it's warmer, I spend as much time as I possibly can on my back deck. I'll take my laptop out there with me. You know, I'll work out there. Being surrounded by that is so calming to me. And taking the walks and just noticing, and I've written a lot of short stories on things that I see out in nature, you know, whether it's just, you know, you're walking and the sun is just rising. And sometimes you know how when the sun rises, it has that kind of gives the air kind of like a pink hue. Yeah. And you see little dewdrops hanging off of tree branches or leaves. And that, that color, that pink comes through and shoots through that tiny dewdrop and turns it into this most gorgeous looking little diamond, you yeah. know, and I will find myself stopping and looking at it <laughs> and thinking that is absolutely beautiful. Wow. Look wow. At, <laughs> look at what has just been provided to me, you know, and then, then I thank, I thank God. I'm like, thank you for helping me to see that this morning, that teeny tiny little dew drop. And then I, you know, as you go through your day and if you know, you have a poopy day, you can go back to that little moment. You know, where you were breathing easy, yes. you know, in with the good and out with the bad and notice those beautiful little things. Even There's beauty even in, you know, and I'm, I say it all the time, uh, like in weeds, you yes. know, I'm like, there's, there's absolute beauty in weeds. Look how they, look how they, we, they weave together. Look how they're made. Oh my goodness. It's amazing. There's so much out in nature that can totally shift your mindset. Yeah. Just sitting. I'm very fortunate. I live in the country. I'm surrounded by fields and woods. So I'm out in the fields and woods every day. I've never been lived in a city. I don't think I could because I would feel, I don't think I'd be able to breathe, to be honest with you. Um, I've of course visited many, many cities, but literally after three days, it's too much for me. Um, And I need open space and green, you know, but if you're able to, you know, if there's a park or something, yes. just go and sit. Absolutely. Open your windows. Open yes. your windows when the weather's nice. Just open your windows. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, listen to the breeze. There is so much music out yes. in nature. Yeah. It's amazing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I love that. And yeah, I'm very much um, a nature girl too. And I feel very blessed to live where I live. I'm near the bay. So uh, it's just, you know, beautiful. And uh, for me, being near the water is really, you know, calming and soothes my soul. And yeah, I feel very much at peace living where I do. So um yeah, it, it is so important to get out into nature. We've had such a great conversation, Kim. I've just loved our conversation, but we're about out of time now. So um, I just, you've, you know, talked a bit about your writing and everything. I just really want to ask you just how do you think that um, impacts on your healing with your PTSD? It is a release that I wasn't aware of. I started writing in 2004. I I call myself an accidental writer. The local newspaper asked me to um, start writing some articles once a month 
regarding veteran issues because they knew I was, you know, becoming an advocate for veterans. And that's how it started. And then I just started interviewing veterans and hearing their stories, mostly combat veterans, and hearing their stories. And then I just kept writing and then just kind of branched off. I would have, you know, I see stories everywhere now. <laughs> you know, it doesn't matter if I'm at the store or walking the dog out in the field, stories come to me now. And it has been soothing because when a story comes, I have to get it down. And I just kind of blurt it out that, or I say spew, I spew it out. <laughs> I, get, I, I get to my laptop and just type, 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 type. Don't even try and figure out what I'm typing. I just type it and then walk away for a day or two. And I call it letting it simmer. So I spew and then I let it simmer <laughs> so I come back at it and go, wow, wow. That's that, you know, wow. You know, then you remember and it all comes back, but it's been very cathartic, yeah. very cathartic to me. And it took me a long time to write my own story. And um, at one point, my, the, my counselor had said, I want you to write your story from beginning to end with every detail you need to get that out. And I said, absolutely not. Yeah. I will absolutely not do that. And I said that to her, I said no for years and years and years. I mean, a lot of years. Then it was literally just like two years ago, literally two years ago that I got it in my head. All of a sudden it was like, oh my gosh, I have to get this out. And I became actually kind of anxious about it. So I sat at my laptop and spewed it out. I didn't let myself dwell. I just kept saying, I'm just typing words. I'm just typing words. I am just typing a story. And I did it from beginning to end, all the details. And then I shut my computer and I never looked at it again. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it. Yeah. That was huge for me. Yeah. That was huge for me. And I told her I did it. And she said, are you going to share it? And I said, not yet. And I haven't yet, <laughs> but I did it. So my writing hugely cathartic for me. Yeah. You know, if I'm writing about a dewdrop or, you know, a dandelion as the fluff floats, you know, floats yeah. upon a really soft summer breeze, those are all kinds. I see wishes floating. Yeah. It's not, it's not a weed blowing in the wind. To me, those are all kinds of wishes blowing around yeah, and beautiful. land where they're meant to land. Yeah. You know, so that's what writing does for me. It's cathartic and it helps me to look at the world in an entirely different way. Yeah. Yeah. Look, writing is, I think it's really, really empowering. And, um, I would just, you know, you will hear that there's a huge amount of benefits to journaling and um, and there are very good reasons to journal. One, you know, one of those reasons and one of the most important reasons is because we have things that we, we bury inside of ourselves and we do a really good job of that. And that's all part of that facade that Kim was talking about before where we put on this mask. Mm. We're very good at doing it. But the real deal, like these things really did happen to us in our lives. 
and because they're really hard to face instead of you know letting them out we bury them and writing is a really really powerful way of helping to bring them up and get them outside of us and so that we can start healing and restoring because if we leave a lot of that gunk inside of us then it can start manifesting in our lives in all sorts of ways you know it does impact on us psychologically it does impact on us physically and um and these things just become you know really embedded and can become toxic parts of our our life and can hurt us and cause disease in us so writing is just one of those tools that's just so powerful for people who have experienced trauma in their lives to get that out of themselves and as Kim said you don't necessarily have to be you know doing a blow-by-blow description of what you have been through because that's not that's not it it's you know it's just allowing yourself to be open to put pen to paper and allow words to come out of you and not be too um too cognizant or like right you just know, get just write just write just write yeah it just might not write. make sense just yeah. write it out just, just blurt it out you know, and if you, you you like, if the first thoughts that are coming to you as you're putting pen to paper, I have no idea what I'm writing about, write, write that, you know, mm-hmm. just write that. Don't, don't judge yourself. Just allow words to come out of yourself. So even if it's the same word that comes out 50 times on a page, allow that word to come out and be written down. So um, I really appreciate you sharing that, Kim. I'm a writer too, and I really understand and appreciate the power in um, the written word. And, um, yeah, I just really appreciate everything that we've talked about in this conversation. And I just want you to, um, I don't know whether you wanted to share any links for listeners to be able to connect with you. Did you want to? leave a link today in the interview do you have those and you'll have them in the notes i will put them in the the episode notes um okay so for anyone who would like to get into contact with kim i will have a contact for her in the episode notes so just go to the episode notes and refer to that contact for the final question because this podcast is a Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast. What does this title mean to you? Tears, you're always going to shed them. They can be healing. You shed them for sorrow, happiness. Let them fall. Let them fall as they may. Uh, Tiara's. We are all worthy of wearing a crown. I, I jokingly say that mine might be tarnished and dented and crooked, but then when I have one of those bad days where I'm like, you know, your armor's on, Kim, you can also say straighten your crown, girl, and take on this day. Take on this day. Um, what was the other one? <laughs> Tears, And triumphs. Yeah. So shed those tears if you need to. Straighten your crown. 
and you will be triumphant. You will be because there's so much strength in you. There's more, there's more strength in you than you probably realize. And I know that that was the case for me. There's more strength in you than you realize. And you are a warrior and you are a queen. So wear your crown proudly. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Um, yeah, look, I just love this conversation, Kim, and it has just been so uplifting and empowering. So thank you so much for being on the podcast today. No, I appreciate you having me on. I, I truly enjoyed it. Thank you very, very much. Before we go, I just want to leave you with the top tips and takeaways of today's wonderful episode with Kim Leng Leng or as Kim calls them, golden nuggets. So here we go. Number one, when you are hurt, it is a natural response to build a wall of defense. But the wall of defense that you build when you experience trauma will crack at some point to enable you to release and let go of the weight of what you have been carrying. Number two, sometimes you have to break to bloom into who you are actually supposed to be. Number three, breaking points can be pivotal turning points in life to change direction, to be able to transform. Number four, making a conscious choice not to identify as a victim can help you become more empowered. Number five, you don't have to be alone with all the pain and brokenness that you might be feeling. There are others who can relate to what you are thinking and feeling in those moments who can and want to help and support you. Number six, claim what you want to be, do and say for you and your life. If you want to be a source of inspiration for others, claim it. If you want to be a source of positivity, claim it. If you want to be a source of laughter and joy for others, claim it. Okay, number seven, you are not meant to live in the dark. You are strong and beautiful. There is strength and beauty in the storm. Number eight, don't try and calm the storm. Try to calm yourself until the storm passes. Number nine, it is easy to become a victim of circumstance when someone else has been exerting control over you and your life. And it is easy to lose sight that you still have the ability to choose something else for yourself and for your life. Number 10, learning how to let go of things which do not serve us in our highest good can take a long time. When we realize that what we are doing is giving all of our anger and frustration power, we can make a conscious choice to let go of that and choose something positive instead. Number 11, we are all good at wearing a mask, but there is power in taking your mask off and sharing your most vulnerable self with someone you trust. Number 12, you are a warrior. Warriors wear armor. So remember to put your armor on to protect yourself from adversity. This might mean knowing when to say no to a circumstance, a mindset or a person. Number 13, try not to be hard on yourself. Try to be kind to yourself. 
Number 14, you are worthy. You are worth receiving help and support. You are worth being treated well. You are worthy of love. You are worthy of self-care. You are worthy of self-care. Number 15, to find a place of peace, get out into nature as much as possible. It will do wonders for your nervous system. There is beauty and peace to be found in nature. Number 16, there is a difference between real and perceived fear. And when you suffer from PTSD, it can be difficult to discern between what is real and what is perceived fear. I have some strategies to help with this, which I will go into in more depth in another episode. But if you struggle with this, you could try writing a list of your fears and put a number between zero to 10, with zero being no foundation for fear and 10 being the fear is very real. Rate your fears in black and white and it will help you differentiate between what is real and what is perceived and it will help you focus your energy on the real threats and stop worrying about those which are nothing more than just a perception. Okay. And for the final tip and takeaway from today's episode, writing is cathartic and empowering. There are great benefits to journaling for those who suffer from PTSD. Don't worry about what comes out, just allow words to come out of you and onto paper. It is an exercise in allowing things which might otherwise be repressed to come out. In time, your journal can also show a path of awareness, growth and development. That's it for today's episode. I hope that you found value in it and I wish you well and stay safe. We all go through dark times. When we do, we often feel alone. This is a safe space for you to come and look for some light. I'm a survivor of an abusive relationship and for a long time I had no voice because I was too scared to speak up and speak out about what was happening to me. I couldn't see a light at the end of the tunnel but when I turned a corner in my life the light started filtering through and I left my old life behind. I am here now to help other women feel seen, heard and valued. I'm reaching out with my light shining on you to help you find your way out of the darkness. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. A note of encouragement, if you are struggling with your mental health, please reach out for support with some form of counselling. If you don't know where to start to find a counsellor, a good place to start is to talk with your doctor. There are also many online counselling supports available. And a word of advice, if the counsellor is not a good fit for you, try another. And if you need to, try another until you have one that is the right fit for you. Tune in again for the Tiara's Tears and Triumphs podcast, helping women who have been hurt to heal and grow. Hosted by me, 
Sandy J. This program provides a safe place to work on inner peace and a strong mindset, spells out how to spot the red flags, advises on ways to stay safe and work on effective safety planning, gives tips on how to look after you when things are tough, teaches empowerment strategies, acknowledges life's challenges and explores ways to meet these challenges head on to go from surviving to rising to striving and finally to thriving. The show includes interviews with other survivors who have come out the other side who share their stories and insights as well as interviews with therapists and people working in support roles. I am a survivor and I use my experience and skills to help other women like me. Please listen and be uplifted to rise in this safe space where dignity, kindness and compassion are treasured. And don't forget, if you need some support, I am here for you. I don't want any woman to suffer alone in silence. I don't want any woman to feel oppressed and feel that there is no way out. I want you to know that you can turn a corner. I am a life change facilitator. I help women regain control over their lives. You can find me at sandyj.com.au. Hey now, can you just pause a moment before you go? Because I need you to share your light and leave a review. Can you just take a quick minute to leave a review in iTunes to let other women know this is a show they can trust? It would mean the world to me if you could help shine a light for someone who can't see the light at the end of their tunnel. I need you to do this for someone else who needs some support and encouragement. If you like this show, please subscribe and you will automatically be updated with future episodes when they are released. And please share this podcast with anyone you know who it might help. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Sending you lots of love and light and above all else, wishing you well. You are brilliant. Keep shining. Stay safe, Sandy.